The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Some areas of our country are doing very well. Others are doing less well. It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. We can no longer, from today onwards, be proud. We can no longer sit back and remain silent on the senseless, unlawful killing, sly racism of another human being based only on what? Their skin color. We are worried that um, the Chinese Communist Party make use of the evil law to further suppress Hong Kong people. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? Hi everyone and welcome to Where We Are with Nina Zoe Porter your breakdown of all the key events in the world from the past seven days, all in one bite-sized podcast. For today's episode, here's what happened in the world this week. What do you think the president is doing? What are Americans witnessing here? I think they're witnessing incredible irresponsibility, Incredibly damaging messages being sent to the rest of the world about how democracy functions. Two weeks after President-elect Joe Biden won the November 3rd election, this week it has been confirmed that he is fairly the winner of Georgia after the state conducted a hand recount. The recount resulted in officials in four counties discovering a total of an estimated 5,800 votes. Although Trump has inched about 1,400 votes closer to Biden as a result, he remains the loser. Joe Biden is the first Democrat to take the state since Bill Clinton in 1996, as he wins its 16 electoral college votes as part of a victory by 306 to Donald Trump's 232. Following the election results, Donald Trump has refused to concede the race contesting and questioning the results in states, including Georgia. Trump continues to pursue recounts or delays in certification while making wild and unfounded accusations of electoral fraud. For instance, on one occasion, the Trump administration held a public conference where his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, presented their proof for their campaign's unsubstantiated claims of voter fraud. I know crimes. I can smell them. You don't have to smell this one. I can prove it to you 18 different ways. 
I can prove to you that he won Pennsylvania by 300,000 votes. I can prove to you that he won Michigan by probably 50,000 votes. Nevertheless, on this occasion, the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, has said that the discount was due to human error and there was no evidence of rigging or widespread fraud. So far, Joe Biden has approached a record 80 million votes with ballots still being counted in California and New York. According to data from the Associated Press and the US Elections Project, the voter turnout in the 2020 election was the highest in more than a century. And next. I told the Prime Minister that I very much wanted to come here on this trip uh, to, uh, uh, to tell the world uh, that we have it right, that we, the United States has it right, and that Israel has it right, and that each nation has the right to defend itself in its own sovereignty and that the United States of America and the Trump administration will continue to do all that we can to make sure that Israel has what it needs to do just that. We will honor your right to defend your own people. This week, the Secretary of State for the United States, Mike Pompeo, toured a Jewish settlement in the Israeli-occupied West Bank. Mr Pompeo has become the first representative of any American administration to tour an Israeli settlement and his visit has been deemed both highly symbolic but also controversial. Last year, President Trump officially recognised Israeli sovereignty. The visit comes a year since the Trump administration overturned decades of US Middle East policy by announcing it no longer considered Israeli settlements in the West Bank to be contrary to international law. However, the visit was deemed highly controversial. The former U.S. ambassador to Israel claimed it was a political stunt. I would say that uh, the Pompeo uh, visit is, is just a kind of sideshow, a, a political stunt on his part going to a West Bank settlement uh, just months before he leaves office. Uh, to underscore the difference between a Trump administration approach and a, a Biden administration, Approach. Undoubtedly, the visit has further fueled Palestinian anger towards the Trump administration and the government of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Palestinians deeply oppose the declarations which allow settlements to continue to be built on land they consider to be historically theirs for a future independent Palestinian state. Mr Pompeo's visit is likely to be his last trip to Israel before leaving office in January. Trump is a close ally of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, and analysts say Mr Pompeo's action could be seen as a valedictory gesture before he and the president leaves the world stage. And finally... Sixteen people have been killed in Uganda following two days of protests triggered by the arrest of musician-turned-presidential candidate Bobby Wine. The deaths occurred during security operations. The police have said that a further 65 people had been injured and about 350 arrested. However, the cause of the deaths or the nature of the injuries has not been disclosed. Bobby Wine, real name Robert Kyagulani, was arrested on Wednesday for violating COVID-19 restrictions. 
the 38-year-old has been accused of breaching coronavirus prevention guidelines following a large election campaign rally that drew in large crowds in the east of the country ahead of the presidential election on January 14th of next year. Since Bobby Wine expressed his presidential ambitions, police and the military have repeatedly dispersed his rallies and beaten and detained his supporters. Both President Yoweri Museveni and singer Bobby Wine are fighting for Uganda's youth vote, and the musician is among 11 candidates challenging President Museveni, who has been in power since 1986. It has been reported that this is the worst violence to erupt on the streets of Uganda since Bobby Wine was nominated as a presidential candidate. On a second day of protests across the country, security forces fired tear gas and live bullets to disperse people in Uganda's capital, Kampala. Demonstrators have been burning tyres and rubbish in the streets and blockading roads in the city. Businesses have closed and there is a heavy police presence. Much of the violence is being documented by ordinary Ugandans and posted on social media, and many have expressed their anger at the lives lost. So, you're all caught up. That's where we are in the world this week. Be sure to listen next week to stay up to date on the latest news around the world. Search Where We Are with Nina Porter on all podcast platforms and subscribe today to get new episodes first. <laughs>